yeah, uh-huh, listen up, yeah, I can see you're new to this, you ain't got no job, you ain't got no experience, you're entry level, you ain't got no qualifications, baby, you're entry level. Your entry level, baby. Your entry level. Ooh, yeah. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm outside in Atwater Village with Nick Rutherford. Well, don't give my address away. No, what is it exactly? Yeah, it's um. You can bleep over this. Well, right? people can look up. People just look up where squirrels are tunneling under houses. Nick currently has a wild varmint problem. Oh my god! I thought it was skunks, so I put up like little. I bought like security cameras. This is quarantine, Nick. I bought like security <laughs> cameras on Amazon. Uh, well, I don't support Amazon much, but I needed something tomorrow. Right. And I set it up a bunch because of because your house was falling into the ground. Yeah, there. It's a. I had. I eventually had a critter guy, a critter trapper, come out. <laughs> And he was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> and I can show you. I don't know if I've shown you. It's like it's like a swimming pool mound of dirt. That no, they, I saw it. Also, I was I we were over here. Nick is a one is uh, one of my best friends. He set up a wonderful outside hang area. So he, he pulls down like a projector and we can play video games out here. And I went and peed in the corner of your outside. And I saw four raccoons, big raccoons. Feet away from me, staring at me, he goes, "Yeah, that's where they hang out. Like it did not phase no, you at all." No, that's their side of the yard. That's <laughs> yeah. for them. They're toddler-sized <laughs> raccoons. They're like the size of a four-year-old kid. Yeah, they're so big. And, they and I was like, "Nick, you have raccoons all over the yard." Yeah, that's not what I'm worried about right now. No, I don't care. I'm worried about ground squirrels. <laughs> they're burrowing underneath my house, and they're doing a heck of a job of it. Uh, I've tried mothballs. I've mm-hmm. trapped and released a few of them down the river. It's uh, it's a nightmare. Well, the squirrel that you caught, you were telling me. <laughs> You caught a squirrel. It's in a tiny cage. And the guy, what did he tell you? That made me laugh. Oh, yeah. So uh, Matt Hawkins, my trapper guy, said, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you could call me out. I'll, it'll be 60 bucks for me to go release the animal. You could do it yourself. I would just um, put a towel down because when they're in those cages, boy, do they love peeing. Because <laughs> they just pee everywhere when they're in those tiny cages. You have a brand new car. Brand, Yeah, brand new car that uh, now is covered in squirrel piss. <laughs> but I tell you this, it, it everything about it is the worst. Like, it, it, I go to a cage and there's a tiny animal who's terrified. I have to put it into my car, cover with a blanket so it doesn't, so it pees less. It's going to pee no matter what. Pees less. And then when I peeled the blanket off, it was just like huddled in the corner, like classic, like depression shower, like in a fetal position. It was the saddest thing. And yeah. I released it and it ran off into the wild. But like, this sucks, man. Yeah. I wish I was an asshole. I would just take a pellet gun and kill them all. But right. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. No. You're a good guy. Yeah. And we spent yesterday at the beach. That was a nice day. That was a great day. We're both in incredibly sunburnt oh gosh i but my sunburn i could tell nick was a little little drunk because i go uh my sunburn will just turn into a nice rosy tan and nick goes that's how you end up on saturday night live you don't mean to be there and i was like well first of all i didn't say that i said story of your life it's like (laughs) like look what i stumbled into i didn't put on sunscreen and now i'm perfectly bronzed That's because at that night of the audition, you were like, I don't even know what I'm doing here, man. They called me today. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been preparing for this my entire life. Yeah, Nick. So Nick and I auditioned for Saturday Night Live in the same showcase. Uh, And I remember I was excited for you when you got it because I was like, you're going to audition for Saturday Night Live. It blew my mind. And then like a day later, I was like, I am, too. And you were a little less excited for me than I was for you. You're like, oh, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, I was mm. kind of a dickhead. But you I were. thought like Good Neighbor was going in as a crew. No, no, that's not wasn't in the books. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, well, because you were like, I don't know, you were in the back drinking a flask. Well, and no, you were Beck like, brought a ton. Bre- Beck was drinking a like fifth of vodka, and he didn't know it would make me stronger. And uh-huh. he let me really take a big. Pull. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. But you were just like, I had spent like two weeks like. Like just hitting mic after mic, doing characters mm-hmm. and like crafting this thing. And I that mo- night you were like, "Yeah, they told me yesterday." I was like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Are you doing <laughs> characters?" And you were like, "I'm just gonna do stand up." And I was like, "Fuck it, your funeral, man, <laughs> idiot." And then cut to <laughs> featuring Brooks Whelan well, and me in L.A. crying like a squirrel in the shower. Well, <laughs> great to call back. <laughs> Bottom line, we both had one nightmare year at the show. Yes, and now we're hanging out playing video games. Which, by the way, listeners, we have a big, uh, like, 
I, I can't say how much we love this game enough. Oh, like, yeah. It was, it's such a fun game. It's called Duck Game. Duck Game. It's uh, great. This is not, we're not even sponsored by We're not them. sponsored by Duck Game, but it is so fun. We ended up playing it over here all night long one night. It's just like you're ducks and you fight each other. Just play Duck Game. You'll love it. It's incredible. It, are, it might be free. I want to say it might be free. I think it's free. Well, no, I don't think it. I actually don't think it is. It's on Steam. It it's is. on Xbox. It's, it's on, on Nintendo Switch. Switch. Yeah, it's a it's very, great. It's a great game. It's, it's a so very silly fun game. We were cracking up. So we had a fun night playing duck game. Then we decided we should go to the beach tomorrow. We go to the beach yesterday because we're spike ball heads right now. Yeah, now we are very into spike ball. Your listeners, have we talked about spike ball on this before? No. No. Oh my gosh. What is this? The activity podcast. Yeah. We give you duck game and spike ball. Duck game and spike ball. Get your quarantine like uh, clan together. The mm. people you will hang out with. Your social pod. distance, but like you can hit a ball that they're hitting a ball. That's spike ball. That's your duck game. These are a great crew. Yeah, great crew. Uh, spike ball is, if you are, are unfamiliar, it's what volleyball should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll, I'll say. Yeah. I'll give it till 20... 2032 before it's in the Olympics. Ooh, that's an interesting. That's interesting. It yeah, it's going to take a while. It that's does. where it needs to be. We were playing spike ball on the beach. There was three other groups playing spike ball within eyesight. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's it's blowing up. It's very fun. Some some kids came over. When I say kids, I mean 23 year olds. Yeah. Uh, this might not be you know quarantine great, but they were like spike ball, and I'm interested because we're in our 30s. Like, well, how how good are young kids? Turns out very good, very very good, very good. Very they taught good. us new uh, new ways to play. Yeah, new rules. They're they're much more athletic. Oh, so much more. They wouldn't athletic. get winded when they had to bend over to pick up the but, ball. But I will say we were losing. One of them recognized Nick from his sketch group, Good yeah. Neighbor. Which listeners, if you've not watched. Nick's sketch group, Good Neighbor. It's, he did it with Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett and uh, Dave McCary. Dave and McCary, yep. they're very funny. They're online. Go look it up. But one of the kids goes, do you know about Good Neighbor to Nick? And I was like, he's like, yeah. I was like, that's <laughs> his. He's like, oh, my God. And I feel like you rattled him to where we started winning. We started to win. But also he did the follow-up question, which always hurts. Um, which is like, oh my God, I love Good Neighbor. We watch this. I quote that video all the time. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Oh my God, it like I grew up on that. That's so good. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Man. I'm like your biggest fan. Thanks, man. So are you still in like entertainment or comedy yeah. or acting? It's like, hey, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck Google. Look, check out what Nick's up to. Okay, oh. I got things. <laughs> it's, no, man, it's it happens to me constantly. Yeah, of course. Like I'll be I'll I'll do a show like in like Syracuse, and I'll just have like. Done headline the funny bone, and then afterwards someone's like, "So are you still trying?" I'm like, "What was that? <laughs> Did you watch that?" That's my face on that billboard. No, it's like at, they were at the show. Like, so you still do it? Like in Hollywood? I'm like, "Yes." What do you mean? They just think you're like just living on the road out of like a camper van, which is fine that if you do that. Great. But I'm just That'd like, like yeah, I don't know. It, either way, uh, we ended up beating him. So I think his name was um, uh, Miles. Miles. So Miles. Miles and Ben. Miles and Ben. Go fuck yourself, guys. You know, right when we got there, this made me not, you could probably cut this out of the podcast, but you were like, <laughs> I'm not going to. We were both kind of drunk. And you were like, right when I showed up and you're playing them, you're like, Miles is the nice guy. Ben's a little meaner. And well, I was like, that's a weird thing to point out. And he definitely was a little meaner. Well, because Ben was, I, I said that in jest because yeah. Ben was uh, spiking way harder than Miles was. And we were very, we were not as good as them. We so it was like funny to say, but it was also true. Like this guy is, a, he's got eye of the tiger. Yeah, he did. He was definitely in competition, but also he didn't know what good neighbor was, so he was just annoyed. <laughs> he was annoyed at his friend. Also, I think he said something like, "Yeah, Hollywood man" or no, something. No, it was very no. He was saying it positive because Miles is visiting from New York, and yeah. then he runs into Nick Rutherford, who he does not know is still in the entertainment industry, right. writing for How Rick could and Morty. He? And uh, has his own TV show uh, on Adult Swim. Uh, <laughs> could he? That's not his fault. It's not his fault. But then he was like, oh, my gosh. And then his friend Ben, the mean spiker, he goes, that's what happens in Hollywood, man. And I'm like, we're not in Hollywood. I know. We're at the beach. <laughs> we're at Marina Del Rey playing spike ball. We're underneath like a, a bunch of jet airliners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at LAX under playing underneath what are for sure chemtrails. Oh, definitely. Um, all right. Well, we had a nice day. It was, it was wonderful. Great. We're sunburned. We're in the... We're in the shade now. We have a great episode this week. But I do want to say, here's a special, get, a special um, I don't know, announcement. I guess Bill Burr is, did the podcast. Oh, yeah. He, he's going to be on in two weeks is the Bill Burr episode. But if you sign up for the Patreon, it's up now. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to me interview Bill Burr, uh, probably the greatest stand-up comedian touring right in the world. Top Five in the world. Top two in the world. Yeah, and, who, and he hasn't masturbated in front of anybody right. yet. Him and yeah. Chappelle are my two favorite comedians. Oh, yeah. He did the podcast. It's on the Patreon if you want to listen to it right now. If you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon, that's fine. Why It'll wouldn't be you be a weeks. Patreon member? 
It's up to them, man. It's, don't you they know, support you? Yeah. Totally fine. I'm just yeah. saying, that's up. If you want to uh, subscribe, you can. Go listen to me interview Bill Burr about his jobs. If you can believe it, he's very funny. I don't know if you could imagine <laughs> that. He actually was incredibly funny. Also, the mugs are for sale. Nick, I notice you don't have a mug. I would love a mug. I'll get you a mug. Yeah, I like that mug. You get a mug. Also, you sign up for the Patreon. If, uh, you get a free mug if you do the mug club. I should just so do you the just mug get club. Si- you get sent a mug, and then you get the Patreon. That's a double. Look, guys, I'm being a good businessman today. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm... while we're talking about business, why don't you leave a rating on this on this bad boy? It you, while you listen to podcasts, just go down, smash five stars, and then go away. Because once I get to two thousand, I don't know if you know this, Nick. I'm interviewing uh, Brad Pitt. That's crazy. How I interviewed far... Leonardo DiCaprio for one thousand. It really happened. Go back, check it out, run the tapes. Uh huh. Two thousand, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. That's interesting. So if you just go leave, just go do those things. If you want to Patreon, Patreon. Uh, if you uh, you know get a mug. Uh, if you want to do something nice, just leave five star review. If you don't want to leave a five star review, don't. That's fine too. Then turn turn it off. Then turn it off. That's a, that's all we ask. That's all we ask. Nick, uh, quick question since you're here. What's going on with Rick and Morty right now? You're you're we writing season six mm-hmm. um, via teleconferencing. Yep. Um, and it's going well. We're going. I just uh, I got an, I got an episode. I don't think I could talk anything about it. But no, I got an I know, episode I... that I'm outlining, and that's kind of that was stressful. And then I finally got the outline in, and now I'm waiting on notes. It's good. I, I did. You did let me use your computer the other day oh, to yeah. do a thing, and I pu- opened up your computer, and it was a full Rick and Morty episode for season six. And I was like, <laughs> I should send this to my brother. He's a giant Rick and Morty fan. I was like, well, that'll get Nick fired. Yeah, yeah, that might. That <laughs> so might let's be not bad. do that. It'll just definitely kill the episode. <laughs> then I'll have to write another outline, which is the worst. Oh yeah, that'd be way. Yeah. Get, having to write another episode would be worse than just being fired. Yeah, <laughs> like, it would ah, be. God, or especially because so like hard. you have to re- okay come up with something new. Um, podcast boy because uh your one got burned online exactly all right well let's get to this week's listener mail uh this one's from tesla if you have any entry-level jobs any jobs you want to talk about if you're new to the podcast because you're a victoria henley fan was uh who we're interviewing this week email entry-level with brooksweet at gmail.com but this one this one has got it all it's about COVID 19 and tesla well, it's a tesla employee yes whoa who's a, who's burning it down no way. Yes. Okay. Wait, but you're not releasing a name or anything, right? I told him I wouldn't. He said he didn't care. No, no, no. Because don't. this is what it's, I won't say his name, yeah, but yeah. he goes, hey, Brooks, I want to tell you about the last couple of months of work at Tesla. As I write this, I'm about to quit via Zoom call since I accepted a better job and start there tomorrow. Oh, okay. So this is the whistleblower we want. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I was always like, Tesla, cool. Tesla, cool. Yeah. It turns out, no, not, no, not no. cool, not cool. Uh, my department is straight up call is a straight up call center. I wasn't able to leave my computer or talk to coworkers without a management team hunting me down and berating me to get back on the phone. That's wild. They're looking for you. It sucked ass. I've been in this department for about a year and a half and had to work the swing shift 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. with no weekends or holidays off. This sounds nuts. That's eight, seven days a week. Yes. What are you talking about? Four to one, seven days a week. You don't have a life. Well, I, I, where's he? Where's he live? Bars close at two. Yeah, you can swing over. You can pound a couple yeah, shots. Yeah. We were we were talking earlier about how me, Cornell, and uh, Carl were telling you how we went to this bar. It was really scary, so we just had two drinks. And yeah, left. exactly. Like it was really scary, very methy. So we just had two drinks and then we left. But, yeah. Like you could always you have that first drink. That's when you reassess. But you're like, you know what? It's okay. I yeah. need another. Drink. I mean, it's cheap. Yeah. I mean, we got driving to do. Uh, so he resp- he keeps going. When I thought it couldn't get any worse at Tesla, cor- coronavirus came. Since the company uh, really doesn't give a shit about the safety of their employees and didn't take the pande- pandemic seriously, thanks, Elon, I knew the office was going to be a nightmare. Then someone tested positive. The entire operation shut down overnight, and the department was forced to work from home with just our headsets and laptops. My first shift at home was a game changer. Um, I took extra, extra breaks, faked IT issues to avoid calls, and started to catch up on my favorite shows. <laughs> That's the way. That's the way you do it. This is yeah. This is a real turnaround. <laughs> uh, this is this is Act Two of the movie. It only escalated from there. With the next couple of weeks, I had my routine down. I'd log into my laptop and just take it all over the house with me. I'd play guitar, listen to podcasts, and pound <laughs> beers while laying on my couch. It was the fucking best. Uh, he's, then he goes, I did get super sick about a month into working from home and thought I had the virus. I was, I was booked a virtual doctor's visit and ended up getting the test, but it came back negative. I still got two weeks off work and didn't have to deal with a bunch of rich dickheads yelling at me over their cars, not having Netflix. 
That's the worst because it is just the most privileged people calling to be. Yeah, like, to be like what? my backup camera is not a pure HD. Yeah. I think it's being compressed. It's yeah. Can you imagine a call center for rich people? Oh, what God. a fucking nightmare! And the swing shift midnight on a Friday, you have to be like, and oh. your Netflix isn't working, sir. Yeah, I can uh, unlock your car. Sure, sure, sure. Once I went back to work, I knew I had to find her, find a better job. I started looking at any place that would pay a livable wage and had a normal schedule that didn't make me work on Christmas. So he's living in Norway now? I don't fucking know. As I've been looking, my work ethic had only, as I was looking, my work ethic only had gotten lower. Yeah. You get a taste of that sweet life, you can't go back to that hard. No, no, yeah. Um... Uh, I take two-hour lunches, ignore phone calls completely, and if I have to talk to a customer, I transfer them to someone else in the department to handle their issue. Most nights after 9 p.m., management won't check their computers for the rest of the night so I can really let loose. <laughs> <laughs> this is when it gets wild. This is when I love this dude. I take an edible, watch old wrestling pay-per-views, and pass out on my couch around 11. <laughs> I set an alarm for 1 a.m. so I can clock out. Oh, yeah. And head to my bed getting paid for a full day at work. This this is all in bold. This has been my nightly ritual for the past six weeks, and nobody has said a goddamn thing to me. I'm happy to be moving on to a better company. Look, we'll call you Todd. Why are you leaving this? I know. It's a, you got to figure it out. You created a, a utopia. This what, is incredible. Is it like fleshlight tester like what is better than this i don't know but it sounds incredible i'm happy to be moving on to a better company with more pay and and a schedule that doesn't make me feel like a complete shell of a human that's that, the schedule is the pretty first, garbage first yeah, shift yeah. it would be nice yeah. um thanks for the hours of uh, quality content give me an outlet to share how terrible of a person i've become sincerely todd todd i don't well and his name's not todd right. but I don't think you became a terrible person. I think you became a good person, and you let this company know who's boss. I, you. I think you entered the workforce, man. That's <laughs> what it is. Oh, I, I think it's incredible. What's um, What was, like, the craziest, and then we'll we'll get to Victoria's uh, interview, the craziest, like, you were like, I can't believe they haven't fired me yet. Oh, man. I used to, I don't know if I talked about this on your podcast, but it was so long ago. I tempted New York. When I first started doing stand-up, mm -hmm. I was working at a, at a Citibank as a temp, like, in the corporate world. Right. And I would... I just moved to New York. Bars were open to four. I would stay out. To, I would do as many shows as I could. Mm. I would stay out till four. Um, drugs were involved. I would go to bed at four thirty. I'd wake up at nine, go to work, break into the company gym that I was not allowed into, shower, show up to my desk, and I would just sleep on my desk for days at a time. Uh, and I never. I just got praised, praised, praised. It was the most insane thing. The company was so bloated. I was making like. $30 an hour. It was unheard of. Incredible. Like, it was crazy. And I just, I, I made zines on their printers. I like, it was just insane. It was insane. I would just not show up for days. And when I came back, I'd say, oh, I had a show. And they would just kind of shrug and then tell me what I was supposed to do that day. Wonderful. Uh, it lasted for a full year. Yeah. I mean, and, until I moved that, back. You got to ride that wave. And then when they fire you, you go, well, it's been a dream. Yeah. I used to go on, I would wait for my boss to leave. And as soon as she, I would be, clicking away on some spreadsheet as soon as she left i would go across the street sleep in the park <laughs> i would lay down newspapers i would just sleep in the park staring up at the sun and i set an alarm an hour later i'd go back into my office bring in some street food and then work on my desk and then my boss would come in see me eating at my desk and go god damn this guy's burning the candle at both ends she didn't know i just slept in the park like a homeless person for a full hour which park in new york this was in Long Island City. It was right oh. by Creek in the Cave. There okay. was like that big city building that used to be the only building over right. there. Yeah. Now it's a full skyline. But, I mean, uh, that place is incredible now. It's barely a park. It's about the size of my front yard. Right, but yeah. I mean, you can sleep there. You can sleep anywhere, yeah. <laughs> if you got enough newspaper. That's great. All right, well, guys, check out Rick and Morty and, and Dream Corp LLC. Yeah, and if Dream you Corp run LLC. into Nick on the beach, don't ask him if he's still in the entertainment industry. Because I'm not. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> We got to leave. We're going to go play more spike ball. I know. It's true. This is what? Five days in a row of spike ball? It might be. It's been a good week. I mean, my right arm, my right shoulder is honestly sore. I'm jacked on the right side. <laughs> totally All jacked. right. And guys, if you want to listen to the Bill Burr interview, you can right now if you subscribe to the Patreon. Um, but if you don't want to, it'll be out in two weeks. And it's really, really great. Uh, this week's interview is with Victoria Henley, who uh, is the first time I've ever interviewed anyone in the fashion industry. That's cool. She was a model. She was on uh, America's Next Top Model. Um, and we talk about that is a total perspective I've never even like tried to learn about, but it was incredible. And uh, she's really great. You should uh, listen to her her podcast called Backstage Pass and uh, follow her, and you know just check out what she's up to. Is uh, it was awesome. I'd like to do more um, stuff outside of comedy and music. Yeah, I think that's fine. You should. You know what? It, 
your fans should get together because if there was just one patron, one guy subscribed to the Patreon mm-hmm. and then just leaked the episode to everybody, why don't they do that? Ooh, I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this episode with Victoria Henley. All right. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with, with Victoria Henley. Uh, Victoria, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm excited to interview you because you're the first time I've interviewed someone in the fashion industry. I, I usually just do comics, and so this is a new perspective. For sure, for sure. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, um, and listeners, I met Victoria. I did her, uh, she has a radio show on iHeartRadio called Back- Backstage Pass, and I did that uh, uh, last week, and it was fun, and I was like, you should come on Entry Level, and that's called networking. So, Victoria. Let's get down to it. Well, I'll get to know you as the listeners get to know you. We're new friends. We've only talked once, but you, you were on America's Next Top Model. You work as a fashion liaison. You got all this stuff that I don't know anything about. So I'm excited to figure out how you got into it. Victoria Henley, yeah. where are you from and what was your first show? Yeah, I am from a uh, small, and it's a great town. It's a little town in the southwest corner of Georgia. I'm sure you've never heard of it. Uh, not many people have, but it's called uh, Cockwit, Georgia. So it is um, like the mural capital of the world, and they have all, you know, one stoplight and a bunch of farms. So, Time out. Uh, yeah, it's, Time so, out. so did that. One, and, one second, um, one second, one second. What, the mural, you're just going to skip over the mural capital of the world? <laughs> what does that mean? Just like it's nothing, right? I mean, so the mural uh, capital of the world, that means that there are pretty much murals on everything. Any sort of building structure, they uh, brought in all of these artists. It was actually one of the original uh, designers of Disney World, and they brought them in to design the downtown. So the downtown is like very cutesy, very Disney looking. Um, There's actually a uh, painting, there's a world peace painting that's actually really great. If you go on my Instagram, it's at Victoria Henley. I think uh, one of the- Hey, too early for plugs, too early for (laughs) plugs. Oh, you know, I had to throw it in there. No, you um, don't. Too early. (laughs) Too early. But yeah, it's it's really cool. It's super cool. There's murals just everywhere. So it's basically just paintings and it's this really tiny town, but it's it's super eccentric. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a cute racist place. Oh, come on now. No. Oh come on. It's crazy to say that a southern Georgia town might be racist and cute. (laughs) No, well, I mean, I'm, uh, we're sort of like outsiders. So I'm, I'm Jewish and Native American myself, but I guess I'm uh, somewhat of a, uh, an outsider, but it's kind of a melting pot. There's more diversity. There's, there's more of that than you would think. Yeah, it seems like a town that is a, the mural capital of the world might be a little less racist than any other town in Southern Georgia. So maybe, maybe a little less racist, but um, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying a town <laughs> might be. Sounds like a cute. Oh, come on. <laughs> like Dis- Walt Disney was a cute racist. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Uh, was he? Re- oh, I he was a wow. Huge he, was, an, he was a huge anti-Semite. The guy was nuts. Terrible guy. But drew really cute stuff. Yeah, man, Brooks. Thanks for ruining my uh, my love of Disney. I really didn't know that. I should I should <laughs> yeah. watch more documentaries or something. Yeah, no, he is not a great guy. Any anybody yeah. who became like a self-made billionaire in nineteen ten yeah. yeah. was probably not a great guy. Um, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's crazy. That's cool. All right, I will uh, I will look up this town. That's great. So, what is your near? Like you said, it's small, like two thousand people or so. Yeah. What, um, what's your nearest town to like get school supplies? For sure. So I would say probably the nearest town would be, it's right kind of on the the border of uh, Florida, Alabama. So if you go to Tallahassee, that's probably about, um, yeah, about like 30 minutes away, um, Dothan, Alabama. So how how far away is Gulf Shores? Gulf Shores, you know, Gulf Shores, I think is a a little further away. You're looking at about, um, I would say Gulf Shores is probably about an hour and a half, two hours or so. So it's going to be a little further. It's just where two two of my friends who've been on here uh, grew up in Gulf Shores and and it sounded like a fun little, uh, also cute racist town. It's a fun place. Yeah, that should be, America should just be called a cute little racist place, but it's not really that cute anymore. Okay, continuing forward. So you're growing up there, but are you into fashion when you're little? Yes, I was. I was really into fashion. It was kind of, I mean, it was ironic. My uh, mom is a biology chemistry major and she had worked for a pharmaceutical company and my dad uh, is a veterinarian. So we have, you know, always loved animals. And I just had this weird interest in fashion. You know, it didn't really come from anywhere. I didn't have a pushy stage parent, but um, I saw my cousin who was with Ford Agency and she was on this commercial. I was like, wow, I really want to do that. I want to, you know, how do I get started? So what was the commercial? What was the commercial? 
you know, I think it was like she was running down a beach. It was, uh, I think it was for goodies, which is, uh, they're still around. It's like a, a lifestyle kind of wardrobe chain. So she was, I didn't even know it was my cousin. I just saw this girl on a commercial and I thought it was a cool commercial. And I, I realized out. she was my cousin. I was like, oh. How do you not know that it's your cousin? <laughs> we have, okay, like southern people um are it's kind of like the greeks right it's a big 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 families and so, not everybody i have so many cousins i don't i don't know about so when you say cousin you mean like your mom's cousin's daughter yeah right i mean not it your be, first not cousin like immediate first cousin. that would be really sad if i didn't know who my first cousin was well, but that, yeah, that's exactly yeah see i just yeah i guess it's different because um yeah, I, I guess Southern people do do claim to be related to a lot more people. Because, like, I just, first cousins are cousins. If I don't know you, if I've never seen you, you're not my cousin. Uh, even though I do regret one time, my mom's cousin, her, like, legit first cousin, uh, she's like, he's playing um, minor league baseball. You guys should write to him. He's homesick. And we didn't. He ended up being, like, a fucking huge part of the 2005 Chicago uh, White Sox World Series team. We could have got tickets. I'm an idiot. His name's Joe Creedy. A big shout-out. Oh, man. He's technically my cousin, but I've never met wow. him and, and wouldn't have known it. So it sounds like this, like this cousin running down the beach is that version of your cousin. Like, a cousin that you want to know but didn't. Exactly. And you would, you would always claim them as your cousin. Like, a hundred percent. I'm like, Joe Creedy got like a big hit in like the bottom of the eighth. I'm like, that's my cousin. We're best friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's, that's how you play it when there's somebody just like doing big things and you, so yeah, I was like, wow, this girl is really cool. And she just happened to be a relative, you know, I guess you could say. So I, uh, I went and started taking lessons from her and. Oh, uh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, that's kind of how it came about. But uh, amazing. Okay, so that is that's super cool. Um, but it, what was your first? Okay, we we jumped ahead a little bit. What was what was your first job? What is Victoria doing in um, the mural capital of the world? Growing up as a little kid. So as a little kid, I would say like jobs that were just like not, you know, jobs that are good character builders, but you just know, they they make you realize I don't want to do this uh, for a living. This is not a long-term thing. I was Mm -hmm. sort of a like entrepreneurial little spirit. Like I was always trying to do whatever, uh, do somebody's yard, clean somebody's house, you know, whatever I could do to make a couple bucks. Like that was me. I was that kid. So um, I would like uh, sell, buy Hershey's Kisses and put them out and do this market up on them and sell them at our vet clinic and uh probably for for yeah that was that was probably that's incredible yeah no that's um a little a little scam i love it i I did that once with squirt (laughs) my mom got squirt and i was like i hate squirt and i took it to school and tried to sell it out of my locker is it like i tried to sell hot hot squirt out of my locker and everyone's like no one's fucking hot squirt uh (laughs) well did anyone did anybody buy it or no no i just ended up drinking them (laughs) Uh, okay, so you would get Hershey's Kisses and then sell them at your parents' place of business? Pretty much, yeah. So I, uh, that was, I, I wouldn't say this was my first job, but it was sort of like, I, I wouldn't have called it a scam. I think it was just a little, like, I, it was, it was just me flexing a entrepreneurial muscle, but it probably was a scam. I mean, I would go and buy these little, um, candies and uh, I would put them in a jar and then also I don't know what I thought maybe I thought it was like a marketing tactic but I would write a little sign on it that said um, fill your fill your stomach with candy and your heart with Jesus each piece piece of candy 25 cents or whatever so if you're buying like (laughs) I I felt like maybe playing the Jesus thing look in hindsight I thought maybe I would sell more more candy and it worked it 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 went from maybe a scam to absolutely a scam (laughs) Probably so. Yeah, yeah. you invoked Hindsight you invoked point. religion. You just people <laughs> thought this was going to like a church. No, it's going to Victoria's other candy project. That's right. Oh yeah, and just you know, put it back into more candy. And I, I was pretty, you know, actually, I, I was pretty good with it too. There was one one person in the clinic, and you know, I was a little kid, like just kind of an odd little kid. I was, I would wear tap shoes all the time. I, I didn't tap dance. I just loved wearing tap shoes, and yeah, I, you know, would have my big doe eyes and walk up to people with the candy. And one guy was like, you know what? I'm just really, I really want Hershey's Kisses today. I'm just gonna buy the whole bag from you for twenty dollars. And um, so I got twenty dollars for the bag of Hershey's 
Banshee's kisses. And I feel like that gave me a very unrealistic idea of like how the world was going to work. Cause I was a cute little kid. I was like, Oh man, this is going to work on everybody. But, uh, right. but that was, that was my first little foray. Um, yeah. picking up pecans, like that's a rite of passage for any Southern kid. Like, you Oh wait, go, yard. go on, go on. What, what is this? So I've never met anybody who picked up pecans. Also, it sounds like that guy almost abducted you. Just a heads up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty for right. sure. But um, yeah, you were actually pecans. time out, Victoria. You're doing the opposite of don't take candy from strangers. You were trying to sell candy to strangers. Uh, you know what? I was I was that kid exactly. Yeah. That's that's always the thing. Like don't don't take candy from. But I was always the kid like picking up stuff from around the house, trying to put a price tag on it, sell it, drag it into the clinic. I right. I think my grandma actually thought we were having money problems because I was literally just always trying to sell so much. Stuff. I always had my own little little yard sale going on. But uh, but yeah, about the the pecans. Yeah, that's so. You have never met anybody who has picked up pecans. Yeah, I, but I've also never met anyone from a racist town. So. Brooks, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, not I'm joking. Racist. Okay, no, I have not I have not met anybody who ever who's picked up pecans, but I've heard about it and it sounds cool. Um so how does it how does this go down? Do you do people pay you to come do it? Like um it's just so much more fascinating in Iowa, we'd have to pick up rocks out of a field, but that's not fun. Rocks. Okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to ask you about that. Cause I, I'm not familiar with uh, the whole, the whole Iowa farm scene, but yeah, as far as, um, so, I mean, in, in Georgia, right. It's, it's a farm, it's an agrarian place. So, uh, there's a lot of like, um, uh, cotton and peanuts and pecans and, um, myself, I mean, I actually even, even currently work with uh, conservation easement, have an orchard. So back, like way back when, uh, people would offer you like, and, and even back then I thought this was just crazy, but it was like a dollar for the front yard, a dollar for the backyard and they would give you this little rolly thing that you walk around with and it it rolls it just picks up the pecans that way and then you give the pecans to kind of like um, you're picking them up for kind of like a, like a old-timey lawnmower how it's there's no motor but it yes. just spins Exactly. You you said it. It's this wooden stick and it's this little wire contraption that on the end of it that rolls around and just picks up the pecans. And uh, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Whoa, this sounds, okay, now you are in, in a pretty cute town. This is incredible. So you're just like, as a little kid, picking up peton, pecans and selling them just like for, you know, child labor prices back to whoever's house oh, it yeah. is. Oh, uh, That's incredible. 100%. Did you did you guys have a pecan tree? Like how... how how prevalent are these pecan trees? So yeah, these, um, I mean, I know we're talking past stuff now. Currently it's like, it's hundreds and hundreds uh, and hundreds of acres. And there's this, um, you know, cause we've got so many corporate places coming in and overdeveloping land in different places. So uh, I work with uh, some conservation easement uh, companies that just help protect land, pretty much protecting right. land from getting overdeveloped. So that's a big part of, uh, I'm, I'm a big, big believer advocate of that. And, and we, I work in it now just on a lot bigger level, but yeah, like back then that was the thing, just this cute, little rolly thing and you'd walk around and um mm -hmm. you know like i said like a, a buck here and a buck there and you'd roll up those pecans and just uh I give them so we my grandparents had a big pecan tree um but in georgia also everybody is like super afraid of, of bad weather like that so they a lot of people just cut down their trees because they're like oh it's gonna fall and crush my house in a storm so now there's oh. like there's not a lot of trees in people's houses but back then that was a huge if you were a little kid that was a great way to make a extra couple bucks Hell yeah. Uh, okay. So now, but what, let's get to what your first, you get, you're actually getting paid for this gig. Like, uh, okay, yeah. you have to fill out a, you have to fill out something, you know, or you, you I know. gotcha. So, so what's your first like 15, 16 year old job? My first job, which it's actually, so this is not like, I don't have a lot of the traditional, oh, I worked at a fast food joint, or I know that, you know, cave thing that you worked in, which was pretty Whoa, hilarious. whoa, whoa, <laughs> do not dismiss it like that. It's not a cave thing. It's a hole in the ground that they made kids uh, lie to people in. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I don't want to dismiss it or uh, make it less I'm, very, than it I'm like almost territorial <laughs> about the cave. Like, look, I can make right. fun of the cave, but you would have not been to the cave. You don't like, you know, it's like how I can make fun of my family, but you can't. That's how I feel about the cave. Uh, fuck the cave. Anyway, continue. So um, just like uh, you can make fun of uh, your town, um, but I can't. It's rude if I do because I've never been there. All right. So, but you didn't have traditional jobs, but you're a hustler. So, yeah. You, you can't be making $1 per pecan pickup as a 16-year-old. That's not going to work. <laughs> 
No, it does not work that way. So I actually had a really weird first job. So um, there is a place called, uh, and it, it sounds glamorous. I, I'm going to, it's called the World International Fashion Market. And it sounds, it, that mm. sounds glamorous. It's this huge place. Um, it sounds glamorous. It's, they hire like a lot of, uh, I was probably on the younger side, my first uh, job that I did through an agency there. And it was a consistent, like part-time job that I did uh, for a, a company out of LA that would fly into Atlanta and stay there for a while, uh, go back. So they would come probably about, I would say about 10 times every year. So it was, it was a lot. Um, it, well, what, uh, are, what are you doing there? Are you working for them modeling or? Okay, so you would think it's a modeling job, but it actually was more like you were a slash everything. So in these jobs, you were like a model, but you also would get coffee for the people running the thing. And if uh, somebody spilled something on the floor, you were the person cleaning that up off the floor. You were mm -hmm. helping move boxes around you were helping take out the trash and you were so it was very it was kind of under the guise of modeling and that's why a lot of people just starting out take them is because they're just like oh well, i want to get my foot in the door with this yeah stuff. sounds kind of like an indentured servitude it, it kind of kind and how, of. how was, old are you when you're doing this uh like 14 so i started actually i started when i was 14. okay and you so you would drive up to atlanta for like every day there and back or yeah, it was part time. Not every day, I would say probably about uh, it was about a four four time a week kind of thing. So um, wow. it was yeah. So it was it was pretty consistent. But um, but yeah, you were basically uh, they do this market. They run it all the time. But then when the people actually fly into it, it's a few times a year, and it's pretty much like a you know four time a week kind of gig. And like so, your job is you just kind of like you're just like an intern. But then if they they're like we forgot to get models today, use the interns. <laughs> pretty yeah pretty, but actually what's weird is you were sort of interning under the guise of modeling so it's like it never was really clear what you were doing but mm -hmm. you were you were like uh marketing the the showing the dresses to the the people that were there but then you were also uh like if the the guy wanted his coffee just right will you go and get that and then if the client needs a snack then they give you their credit card and you run over to Rite Aid so it's just all of that kind of in one and it was I I mean, you met some really interesting characters. They were very, uh, they expected a lot. I feel like it's kind of, it's one of those things that even, there were so many times I was just like, man, I just want to quit this. Cause it's just, they were never clear on what they wanted. They just expected you to know exactly what yeah. to do, but no and direction. Also, it seems like this job isn't clear on what it is. Like, are you being paid <laughs> hourly? Like, and then when people come, what do they are you showing them uh, different dresses? Like, are they buying wholesale? I guess I just don't understand um, what they would come there to, to get. So basically buyers, they come into this place too. And it's not all, I've, I've worked in there as I've gotten it. It's not all bad. There's some really, really cool people that work there, sure. but there were some that were just, oh my gosh, just, just some of the craziest, weirdest experiences. Um, so basically the, uh, the companies come and they do, they buy, they buy wholesale. Um, and then, uh, you have dress, you know, say someone in New York city has a uh, boutique and they want to come and buy directly from this evening wear designer, uh, to put this in their boutique so this is where they would do that and uh, okay. they're buying the pieces they're seeing what they want um usually they'll have like 100 order minimums so they'll have their order charts and you as a model you're like walking out you're showing the dresses you're supposed to learn stuff you know mm. just general things about the outfits you're showing to tell them and you're sort of i guess a jack of all trades too because you're not just doing that you're doing all this other little okay stuff. it it, uh, it makes more sense now when you first said i thought it was like photo shoots where but you're not you're just like you're showing these people things that they could purchase and then helping facilitate uh them to spend money there you got it. You got it. Exactly. Um, so it's not, they, they do some shooting in there, but pretty much what, uh, what it is, is just helping like facilitate orders and, uh, and yeah, you're just kind of the, the middle person, a glorified intern pretty much. No, it makes, it makes way more sense now. Cause like, I, I think that me, I'm like a, you know, your base standard, know nothing about the modeling world. Whereas like, I only think models as like, uh, on, photo shoots and stuff. And I forget about the idea like, no, models are also people who sell uh, clothing to buyers. So I forgot that that's a thing because I'm stupid. Yeah. And now I know. <laughs> um, okay. How'd you get that gig? Like, was it your relative? Was it your quote unquote cousin was like, Hey, I know a place that might help or. 
Yeah, so it, it was, it's sort of a, um, I was in a Chinese restaurant uh, in, it was probably uh, a couple months before I got the gig and this lady, a really nice lady that was um, from my town actually knew of this evening gown designer that uh, did the, and I don't know if you ever saw the movie Miss Congeniality uh, with Sandra Oh yeah, Bullock. that movie yeah. freaking was, it was like a movie that I remember like, I was like, my mom likes it, I like it, it's for everybody. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a movie. For, it's one of those things that like, yeah, my dad, who's very picky of his is liking of movies. It's just one that who doesn't love Sandy Bullock? I mean, come on. But exactly. Um, yeah. She's everybody's like, OK, I like her. And then, you know, she did, you know, marry that Nazi guy, but he was bad. And we all learned that. So that's OK. <laughs> right. We, we all have our have our cross to bear. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so we, um, we did that and uh, she lined me up with it. So basically all the pretty dresses you saw and all the Miss Congeniality and the sequels and were designed by this one evening wear designer in Los Angeles. So uh, she linked me up to work with him and uh, it really wasn't, I was kind of like you actually. I mean, I had done, I had trained with my cousin. I had, it was my dream. Like this is what I wanted to do. So I, I you know, anything to get my foot in the door. And uh, I signed on just kind of as a temporary thing, but um, it actually went well when I was first working with him so he said let's make this more of just uh, kind of a part-time job for whenever the market is running it's understood that you come in and you're working with us and under this you know contract um, so pretty much we uh, I worked with him for a while but he was very he was very particular I mean he was like uh, it I, I learned a lot about people let's just say uh, in, um, in that time spent working yeah, with him. and you but you said there was a lot of weird experiences can you give us any like um, you just have like an insight into this fashion world that I've never interviewed anybody like uh like what do you mean just like eccentric weirdos or or people who are like this coffee's too hot like shit like that yeah, kind of. I mean, he's, he was very, um, the, the guy that I worked with was uh, a very, he was probably about, I mean, five feet tall, just this really, really short. Oh, guy. man, like uh, Big Ed. Are you watching 90 Day Fiance? No, I think oh. I'm the only person on earth who doesn't watch that. Is it no, good? It's, I mean, it is uh, the, it's a perfect storm. I would never, ever watch it unless quarantine happened. Uh, but yeah, there's this five foot guy. <laughs> who uh, is a photographer, he calls himself Big Ed. Anyway, unimportant, I just watched it last night and I was just waiting, excited that maybe you were working with a Big Ed type. Big Ed, oh man, I've gotta, I've gotta look this Big Ed up. He sounds, he sounds like somebody, don't, okay. Well, look, no, look, look Big Ed up, but do not watch 90 Day Fiance. Each episode is six and a half hours and there's 50 of them. I would have never done it if I knew how much of my life it was gonna take. Okay. You get sucked in though, it's like a, a labyrinth. You just can't, you can't get out of it. It's but, uh, a but yeah, nightmare. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, so I, he, he definitely had a, a Napoleon complex. He was mm -hmm. this larger than life kind of guy. Um, and he, yeah, exactly. With the coffee, it's, it's all of those cliches, like the devil wears Prada, you know, you watch it and you think nobody could actually be like that. But then you work in the fashion industry and you say, oh, there, you know, there are definitely a lot of people like that. So he, um, he always wanted, he would want a cafe Ole, but then okay, so I'm gonna get this cafe ole for you, and I I just drink like black coffee. I I don't know any of you know all the fancy stuff. So um, it was never right. I mean, it was just never right. And then you go down. This place is like uh, 30 stories high. So you go. The elevator always has a line a mile long. So I go down the escalator trying to you know go back up it after I get the guy's coffee, sloshing coffee all over the place. Half of it ends up on my shoes, and then by the time I get back up, there's coffee like little driblets all over the. The, um, the cup and he just insisted that I had drunk his coffee like he always had this weird <laughs> he was like you have your mouth on my coffee no and uh, so then he would send me back down again what? to get the coffee incredible so, so yes. he thinks that you are drinking his coffee and his solution is just send the exact same person to go do it <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know how they say if you, uh, idiocy is uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting right. different results. Well, mm. that's this guy. I mean, he would just the same thing. And so it, every single day, it was like maybe five times up at the people at Starbucks. I mean, probably just knew everything about me because we, we became best friends because I was constantly in and out trying to get this guy's coffee. Because, um, well, let's be fair. It's because you were taking sips. Uh, yeah, you know, I know. I guess it's, <laughs> I'm clear. This is why we're here. <laughs> this has all been a deep, uh, a deep state fake out to get you to admit that you drank that man's coffee. Um, I know, right? Oh man, he's gonna if, if if he hears this, I mean, he's gonna. Yeah, he the guy was totally convinced. Like it was, I was sipping his coffee. So by the fifth time, I think it was just a ritualistic for him. By the fifth right. time, he was satisfied. It was okay. The coffee was fine. So. <laughs> 
Great. Um, okay, so so you go. You're you're traveling to uh, Atlanta to work there. You're um, you, you know fourteen, fifteen. Um, how long do you do that? I did that for actually off and on until I was about seventeen. Oh, so awesome. I did it for. Yeah, yeah, I did it pretty much right up until I did um, America's Next Top Model. So uh, I was, you know, off and on doing that. I mean, there were different, and there were probably about, uh, there were hundreds of vendors throughout. So you could contract out with, um, like, uh, say, if you were doing this as a part-time gig, you could work with numerous companies. There was mm -hmm. actually one company that would have models stand outside of the showroom, like you're standing there. And I mean, like, I'm very tall, and I'm very, like, pale, and so I'm in this dress, and I look, you know, like, a, these models look like plastic mannequin standing out there so when you stand there you're it's kind of awkward there's these people walking by you don't know do you talk to them do you just stand there do you make eye contact so every time yeah. like every day with this one company i would say hi you know how are you welcome to the people would just scream bloody murder because they they thought you were a mannequin they didn't expect you to to be talking to them so Weird. that was also kind of a also yeah, you're it was, also you're 16 and 17 which you're the most self-conscious you'll ever be in your whole life like yes. that sounds like just <laughs> sounds like um sounds like you were working in the cave uh no I'm oh joking. yeah oh um, yeah it was a so sure. uh so you do that you're into that um you're going to high school so you did america's next time model like really young then i did i did um 18 is the uh like minimum age that you can be so okay and uh, quick I, question yeah. well let's let's get to that uh so how are you like in your small town, you love fashion. You're working in Atlanta. Um, how does how does that go? Like how, like what got you into fashion, and what like just that commercial and your cousin. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, I, I would say that, you know, with kind of like with anybody, I mean, even uh, you take any comedian, any artist, musician, if you, if you're zoned in and focused on something enough, you're going to find a way to make it happen. Like you were going to scrape and scrap and, you know, uh, audition and network until something. So that was just kind of me. I mean, I was a, I was a really motivated kid. I loved, uh, I love theater. I love Shakespeare. You were know, you, there was, I, were, were you watching like, is America's Next Top Model out at this time? Because I, I dated yeah. a girl in high school who, uh, loved the show and like yeah. I it's like a great reality show like I got it sucked is. into a few seasons because you know <laughs> it's just human interest stories which are super fun they are. They really are. I mean, it's kind of like with anything, any any good show, and they're clever. I mean, the people that work on that show are very good editors. They they make a good show. Um, even if they don't have a lot to work with, they're going to make a really good show. So it's mm -hmm. you you do. It's it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I I would say a, a hybrid between you know my cousin. I had just super super amazing. Well, both of my parents are amazing, but my mom was just like, hey, whatever you want to do, I'll drive you to the model lessons. I'll take you to this and that. It's you know whatever you want to do, I'm here to support you. So that honestly, I just owe it a lot to a good support system and yeah. you know some to me just you know kind of flailing my way around until uh, I made some stuff happen but um yeah I was what, I was able to just I always had that interest and it definitely came a lot from that what is uh what goes into a modeling lesson like I don't think a lot of people have like done one or realized that those are a thing so like you, um could you walk us through like what a mo what modeling lessons are yeah, a modeling lesson. So you you really think, and I mean, I, I think even I initially thought, well, it can't be that much. There's a photo shoot, you pose, you walk mm -hmm. on a runway, one, you know, right foot, left foot, it's not that hard, but it's really a lot of um, kind of branding, I think is a big thing that we did. So we learned just like walking a runway, you know, how to do it. I mean, because if you've never done it before, you're not going to, so just the basics of that and how to, you know, look like you know what you're doing and you've got some confidence, um, posing for photo shoots, like facial expressions. There's a thing they do called the the model vowels which is like have you ever brooks seen a um like ad campaign or photo where it looks like the models like talking sort of or just looks oh kinda... yeah they got they, they got like the bottom of their teeth coming out a little bit yeah yeah exactly so there's the thing that models do a e i o u and that's <laughs> how they <laughs> the model really? vowels so there no. you go yeah that's incredible see wow this is why a new perspective is if i had another comedian on right now it'd just be like and then my dad drank and over here we're learning about the model vowels i love it <laughs> Exactly. The model vowels. That was, so all these things kind of came into the, uh, the modeling lessons and it was, it, it actually was really good. I mean, my cousin was just, you know, kind of a young working model herself, but she did really well with that. So I, I would say I definitely learned a lot from her. That's super cool. So then you turn 18, you're like, hey, finally I can apply for, I'm yeah. sure for a show you dig. And how, how does that go? Like I've, I've never interviewed anybody who's on um, a, a reality show. So how, how did, oh, how did that go down? 
Yeah. So um, as far as how that that almost could be, uh, it, it it was it was a crash course in like how that worked because it was my first experience on a reality show. So I had no idea how the how the show was going to work, what was going to happen. I had not watched the show in probably four or five years. You yeah, know, it kind of kind of grew out of it or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not, I always loved it. My cousin would, would show it to me, you know, growing up and, and uh, when I would go to the lessons and she was like, oh, you should be on the show someday. And I said, oh no, that just looks crazy. They'd never put me on that. And it's too, uh, and of course, you know, I turn 18 and go audition. So I went uh, about a hundred and something thousand people auditioned for that season. They accepted just a crazy amount of people that year. Um, they, they narrowed I think, it down. Yeah, to I think I, I think I submitted that year. That was the year that they were like, yeah? we're, we're doing, uh, we're doing ugly guys too. And I was like, oh, oh come on. No. <laughs> they did. They did do a guys uh, season for the first time the year after I appeared. So oh wow, okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, damn it. I I thought <laughs> that now it. there's now there's an absolute reason. There's no reason I couldn't have been on it. Um, exactly right. So, so you go and you audition. It's this huge fucking nationwide call. Where are you when you find out? Like, hey, Victoria, we would like you to do the show. Yeah, so I um, was actually at a when when I found out I got the call back. I was uh, sitting at a seafood restaurant, and I got which one? Calls. We gotta get we gotta give some shout outs, not just Chinese restaurants and seafood. What are these places? I know, right? Okay, yes, China. I am. I'm gonna give some plugs. So Chinese restaurant. It is called a uh, Hong Kong buffet, and it is so good. It's the little the little oh. small town uh, restaurant. So it's it's the best. And then oh gosh, the other I should know this. The seafood restaurant. I think it's called. Fine. Jocko's. Yeah. So also, eating. nothing better than a small town Chinese buffet. Like it is right? so Americanized. Like a Chinese person would not <laughs> know any of this was Never. Chinese food. But man, they got, they do, they do it so good. They just feed us what we want, which is just cream cheese. Um, I know. Yeah. Just so, cheese. so incredible. Okay. So you're at this seafood. I like how you say restaurant, restaurant, and you're there and they're <laughs> like, Hey, we want you to come back. Yes. Yeah, they did. So I did. There's all these level. A lot of people don't know when you look at a reality show, it looks like the girls walk up in front of, um, you know, Tyra Banks and the panel and all of that. And it's and it's one and done. You know, they either want you or they don't. It takes about a year probably to actually get cast on the show. So you go to the prelims, you have to make like 60 videos. You have to um, go to the callback. It, it's crazy. It's a big, the paperwork is ridiculous. Like even in college, I, I didn't have to do nearly as much like study. and pay. It's just so much stuff you have to sign. So by the time you finally get on the show, you don't even, you really you don't feel anything about it other than I'm just so relieved to be done with paperwork and videos. So um, <laughs> There's castings, callbacks. They they did a an IQ test, which I have no idea has to do with not not saying that you know modeling doesn't. I mean, I, I know a lot of smart models, but no, but it, it is it's odd to d demand an IQ test in yeah, any right? shape, way, or form for any job ever. That's weird, but it's That's a reality weird. show. Yeah, so whatever, <laughs> whatever. Strange, man. strange, yeah. but. <clears throat> But yeah, so we did all of that. And then being on the show, I mean, it was really um, it's sort of like the movie Truman Show with uh, Jim Carrey. It's like, it's this feeling you're sort of in a, a vivarium. You're being watched constantly. You're, I mean, you're on the, you're eating, you're being watched. Like I, I remember feeling just really self-conscious about the way I chewed because you would just be sitting there eating toast or whatever. And somebody's just videoing you the whole time. You didn't right. even have to be doing anything. So you get out of bed, you put on this like corset with a mic pack attached. It's the most uncomfortable thing ever. Um, and then uh takes you know six hours to do hair and makeup they pull you aside and interview you like say if you know you and I were having a conversation well right after that you go into this really long interview with another person about what I thought about this conversation oh, and what wow. do you think you know so you have to sort of yeah you're, you're always in that mode so it's very different I think than the, what most people would think well yeah it's got to be fucking weird as heck do you ever um uh did you did, did the cameras ever become like let you were less um I, I don't know uh they became, did it ever become normal to you to where you let your guard down a little bit in front of the cameras or no? You know what? I, I feel like eventually I just, you, at first you're very aware. You're almost kind of putting on a little bit, like you've got that sparkle and shine. And then by the mm -hmm. very end, you're just like, Oh my gosh, just, I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anymore. <laughs> that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Great. For that's, sure. For that's sure. Awesome. So you go, you do the show. Uh, how did you do on it? Like I, not that it matters, but like, was it fun? Did you win some rounds or what, what happened? 
Yeah. So um, it really, what for somebody that was, you know, I had some modeling experience and I, it's a mix. Some of the girls have a lot, some don't at all. So I feel like having a little experience helped me, but nothing prepares um, someone, you know, a kid from Georgia for being on, I was the youngest one in the house. I wasn't really prepared. They had some really colorful personalities on that show. It's very, very colorful. Can you drink? So. Can you, well, not you, but are there, is there drinking oh, on, yeah. in the house? Okay. That would, oh, yeah. yeah. Cause I, my thing is like, if I was on a reality show, I would just be drunk the whole time because <laughs> I would be bored. Yeah. I'd be like, guys, I, I don't have that. to go to work. Let's do it. Uh, Let's okay. do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was 18, unfortunately. So I was, right. uh, but yeah, there, there were, there were, there were a lot of people that I think probably don't remember anything about the whole, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole experience. Yeah. See, yeah. that would be me. I, like if I was on the real world, <laughs> holy shit, it would be, I was just like, man, I would just be blasted the whole, in that pool the whole oh, yeah. time. It would be like just, you would watch me gain 30 pounds in three months. Okay. So <laughs> you're on the show. You have some modeling experience. Uh, other, other girls are getting trashed, um, but you yeah. can't. Um, and then I guess I stepped on asking you earlier how, how it went. Oh, how it did. Yeah. It's funny. So they actually, yeah, I, I, instead of get, I couldn't get trashed of course. So, but I could get in the pool. So I spent a lot of time, like they had this whole little thing where they would play like this little donk, donk, like clown music. Like I was some weirdo who just swam in the pool the whole time, but I was so desperate to get my mic pack off. And I was so sick of the fighting that everybody was doing in the house. So I would just swim like hundreds of laps. So they put me on pool restriction because they were like, you're not engaged enough. You can't swim in the pool. So oh. once I finally got myself out of that pool, I, um, uh, things went pretty well. I mean, I got top, they did double elimination. So I got top five and top six because it was like for some, some, some technicality gave me the kind of title of both. So I just kind of, but, um, I won some of the photo shoot challenges. Um, I won some of the live challenges where when you win those, they let you into this huge closet and you pick out all these things that you get to keep. And, oh, um, cool. So that was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And like uh, Tyra Banks is the only host that I know, you know, but how was she like, uh, how was that? Like, was she like, I'm, I'm just interested. This is just so weird. Uh, was she like, you know, friendly or was she just step in? Let's yeah. do this. I'm out. You know what? Yeah, that's Tyra is, I always have, I have so much respect for her because she's given so many girls opportunities. So you hear things, you know, you've heard, you've heard a lot of stuff in the news about her lately. I'll always say like, I, I saw her, she's a consummate professional. She comes in, she's yeah. focused. She's not a, she's not a warm, fuzzy person. I mean, she's just not, she's all business. She is like, Hey, let's get down to this. She's let's got, do it. And yeah, she's, she, gone. she's got a fucking empire to run. I get she it. Does. Like I she don't, does. yeah, yeah. That's 100%. how it, kind of feel with like Lauren Michaels like is he nice I'm like he doesn't have to be he says yeah. hi um yeah. yeah but um okay so cool so you do that you do you do well uh for the amount yeah. of modeling experience you have that's cool and then where does that take you where like where do you head after that show I mean sure it was did you like actually you know what quick question did you enjoy watching it back or were you cringing at like how they edited Ooh. it yeah, I um I was actually, you know, I really one of these days, I don't even know if I'm ready yet. The last like say five episodes, I don't even think I watched just because it was it was it was very like cringy to see. I, I feel like for a lot of people, a lot of artists do. I mean, I don't know, do you feel that way, Brooks? Like watching yourself on TV, are you comfortable? Are you cool with it? Or do you just feel like, yeah, you like doing it, not so much watching it? Um, I like watching it because it's usually something I wrote. So I'm like, how did this work? I, yeah, I can see that if you wrote it or if you, I feel like if you don't manufacture it, um, or if you don't, you know, if it's in someone else's hands and they can edit. So it was a little, it was a little cringy. Um, I enjoyed watching the first oh, okay. part of it. I, the you know, last I have, part I didn't so much watch. Yeah. I have been in, um, a few movies I've never seen that I like small parts, but I just, I don't really want to yeah. watch them because I didn't have anything to do with it. Like, and, um, I'm just like, Ugh. but, um, but there are, there's like other stuff I do like watching. It just depends on, uh, you know, the product. And it sounds like you, you know, you're, this is a heavily edited, you have nothing to do with the product. Um, yeah. That I, w I can see it, like, so I'm true. sure they would catch me saying the craziest shit. I would be easily a batshit out of his mind guy. Because I already am, but like, you could really <laughs> put, a, put a microscope on that if you oh, had yeah. 100 hours oh, of footage yeah. to edit. Um, For sure. Okay, so that, that totally adds up. I get that 100%. Um, so after that, that show's over, where do you go after that? So after that, and um, yeah, I, so are we on the, are we still on the bad jobs thing? Are we on? Yeah, no, yeah. Cause you, then you said you went to college. Where'd you go to college? 
So I actually did a dual enrollment program. So I worked with uh, Florida Florida State University uh, English English major, and uh, I did dual enrollment through uh, Liberty University online. So that was like a lot of when I was a teen, I wanted to just go ahead and get some out of the way. Uh, did that, did some psych courses, but English uh, ultimately was what I did. And then after, um, <clears throat> well, the show actually it was college edition of, of Top Model. They were trying all these little theme things. They were seeing oh, if they okay. could get to work. But uh, but yeah, so I did that. And, um, and a quick I, question. So when you get the show, are you thinking in your head, like I'm sure, because you're young, uh, like that's it. I'm a professional model now. Never going to have to try anything else. Yeah, so to you, like hit the nail on the head. I feel like that's a lot of people who go on, whether whatever it is. I mean, even, you know, The Bachelor, people go on that. And I think a lot of them think, oh, I'm just going to be, if I'm a musician, I'm going to be on this dating show and become a superstar. And I, mean, I don't have dude, to, you know, do anything. That's how I felt I, when I got Saturday Night Live. Like, I'm like, I'm a comedian. Yeah, I'm yeah. on a comedy show. I'm, I'm just going to be a comedian forever. And it's just like, no, you got to keep working, buddy. This is not yeah. uh, one and done. You got to keep, you got to keep, keep, uh, you got to make a podcast for a little bit, you know? Uh, yeah, so, so true. So you, so, so you were true. like, this is going to work great. And then, yeah. you know, you, you come out and it worked well. And now you're like, yeah. well, I still need to make some money. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I mean, I think that's anybody, no matter how big you are, or if you're just, you're, you're constantly, even like the most successful person in the world still has more that they could do more that they could achieve. So, I mean, I guess that's comforting. There's always up to go, but you know, when you're young and you do, you're, you're on a show, you're like, Oh, well the phone's just going to be ringing off the hook. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to have to, you know, I'm not going to have to do this whole hustle thing anymore, but it is, it's always kind of a, a grind and always having to work at things. So, um, there was actually even after, no, that wasn't after top model. I, I definitely had some of my share of bad, like just kind of eh, modeling jobs after top model. Um, oh yeah. Can, then, you, yeah. Can, you, can you bring some light onto that? Like what is like a bad modeling place? Just like, uh, do you ever have, I mean, I don't, are there ever just like, you're like, this guy's a creep or, or is, yeah. does that happen? Yeah, yeah, that does actually, you know, there's, I really have been pretty, pretty fortunate. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to have uh, just like a lot of jobs that I really enjoyed. Um, so it's, it's not, it hasn't been a lot of just negative experience. But No, I no, I, I totally understand that. that. Yeah, because I, I mean, I understand that you, you're, you work with professionals and stuff. I'm just saying like, yeah, in the terms of they're probably like, like every once in a while, because I in my head, I'm like, oh, those are creeps. <laughs> guys who take photos of women but in reality they're oh, yeah. not they're artists and they're cool but I'm, is there probably is like you know a handful oh, yeah. of like that guy's a perv for sure for sure i mean you do you get that or you get experiences my i would say what constitutes just like a bad experience is when you show up and you're showing up whether i'm showing up as a model um now i've got this company so i've got about like five thousand models that i kind of help get placed and so i'm you know kind of uh, switching roles and helping some people out too but so you kind of um it, really what makes a bad experience is if someone is in charge and they just didn't plan like mm -hmm. one of the shows new york fashion week though i was right before this uh covid nonsense hit and it was um I was there for it's really about 10 days of just like nonstop shows. I mean, there no sleep, no time for anything, just show, show, show. And we showed up to one um, and it was at uh, just the massive, what a huge venue there. And I got there and my designer, who's just this adorable little, she's from, she flew out from LA and she just looks like she's about to cry. And her boyfriend's standing there and he looks like he's about to cry. And I'm like, well, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with everybody? And they said, there's like, there's a thousand people up there and we don't, everybody's yelling at us and they tell us we're going to get arrested and I don't know what to do. And I said, why, why are they going to arrest you? That doesn't make sense. So we go up the elevator and there are people just literally, I mean, I'm, I'm saying literally stacked on top of each other. This place is so over capacity that people are like crowd surfing just to get to the bathroom. It's Jeez. ridiculous. And the, um, the guy running it was like having a conniption. He was saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to call the fire marshal and I'm going to call him like, well, I mean, you'd be calling them on yourself because you didn't, you know, you didn't plan for this, but he was saying he was going to arrest people that were in there if certain people didn't get out. So, um, models were running around they were crying the lead hair and makeup people were like telling the uh, under people that they weren't doing a good job and they were crying everybody backstage was crying the water stations were empty um i made some comment that they needed to just put like vodka in the water stations and everybody just calmed the hell down but people it was the most high strung thing i've ever seen um and then finally uh we finally got down to the showtime and they were telling models they had to walk out like two at a time because the show was running so far behind and that Oof. that's like Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah, don't you're do working that. modeling. <laughs> well, it's just like it's like um 
I mean, just to see if I can get this analogy. It's like if, like, uh, hey, we're going to speed up this baseball game. We're going to knock uh, four and a half innings off. We're going to throw two baseballs at a time. Like, what, what, what are we supposed yes. to? Which one are we supposed to fucking hit? See, exactly. I think even if you don't work in the industry, you just know that's a really shitty idea. I mean, it's just, you know, you're, it's not a good thing. And these designers are, are they're artists and they've, you know, flown out here. They've spent a ton of money. They have 12 pieces they're showing. They don't want to show things two at a time. So we're backstage and the little uh, person with the headset says, yeah, you've got to walk two at a time or you're going to, you know, throwing out the thing or you're going to get kicked out. And so I just had to, my designer was about to cry and nobody was like communicating. So I just told her, I was like, hey, this guy in a headset walked up and told me that since our collection was so small we could walk one at a time so we're right. and that was like not true at all I just no said, that's great yes yeah, <laughs> so yeah, gotta... yeah i saved the day that's amazing <laughs> but, uh, yeah. okay but so yeah that... it was it was tough it was a tough show okay i mean yeah i mean it seems like a tough biz um it, this is all really cool um so we'll just start wrapping up real quick but um because so now you've kind of you've modeled and you've done all this any like what's like um well, I guess, you know, we like, always like to kind of end on like a cool moment where you got to realize that you were going to make a career in, in uh, fashion. Was there like a particular like shoot or phone call where you got a job where you're like, I think this is going to work out? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I feel like, um, you know, that aha moment for me was it was after I did America's Next Top Model. It was kind of after that awkward period of where I did think, oh, everything's just going to be so easy breezy. But uh, I, I was working, you know, I was still working and things were coming uh, definitely easier than they were before just because I had this sort of Tyra Banks stamp of approval that I was able to get. But um, I, uh, Neiman Marcus, which is, you know, a huge company, I'd always wanted to campaign for them, always wanted to work for them. I was never really able to get, I was with a pretty good agency but was never really just able to get that extra push. But uh, I ended up uh, getting a call that I booked a gig with them. And it was it was a great feeling, you know, showing up and doing that. And uh, I was like, I, I feel like this is going to work out. You know, things are happening. And uh, yeah, and where, it's been, yeah. Where, did it sh where did it shoot? And that was in New York. Oh, nice. Have you got what's like the coolest place you've gotten to go shoot? Let's see. I would say the coolest place. Actually, I'm going to go all the way back to, uh, I've had so many really good shoots. To me, New York is just, I love New York. It's, but it's, but it's have you ever got home. to go to like Iceland? Oh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, those odds and ends. Actually, I would say Jamaica. Jamaica is the uh, coolest place. So much fun. Have you ever yeah. been here? No, I haven't. But that's what I'm talking oh, about. You like, should go. It's, it's so fun. Like when you, when you, you, this passion you have allows you to go on like a vacation. It's the fucking coolest. Um, it is. It is. Tyra Banks shot me underneath the waterfall. Uh, she's actually a really good photographer. A lot of people don't know that about her, but she's very, very good. And she um, shot me underneath this waterfall. And I saw like there were these um, uh, coconuts or something falling. And I looked up and there are monkeys just like throwing things from up oh, in the trees. And dude, oh, it was just amazing. That's a beautiful. surreal experience. That's that's like what I was very trying to surreal. get to. Like this like, thing where, you know, you're, you're from this... Uh, Tiny little, not racist town, but loves murals <laughs> in, in, in Southern Georgia. And yes, you're little yeah. and you want to get into modeling. And then cut to you're being uh, photographed by Tyra Banks at a waterfall while monkeys throw shit at you. Victoria, that's, uh, I feel like, a pretty solid, pretty solid way to end this uh, interview. Um, so right now, what's the company you're working for right now that you're in charge of so many other um, models? Yeah, for sure. So um, my is magnifique so i started that I, I work with a few so i work in radio and then i mm -hmm. work with a company that i hosted for uh they're a, they're basically a home shopping network so i spent two years hosting for them i just traveled so much and i was never there so uh we all agreed it would be better if they switched me to just a travel-based role so i uh, work awesome. with them um yeah so they're and they're super cool i love them and it, they're really great to work for of course iheart is amazing and then my company uh that i started i actually just started it really small because i was getting so many agencies that wanted me to come in and do lessons with their models and help them build their portfolios. And it just kept growing and growing until I said, listen, I've got these models. I've got designers I work with. I might as well start a platform where these models can get into some of, some of the shows in New York and some of the shows in LA going on. And we do two big showings every year. Uh, we do a lot of like portfolio and branding and content. And uh, we have cool. a photographer that, yeah, so we, we do all of that. And it's called Magnifique. So I, I need a lot to keep me busy. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah, no, that's cool. And then, uh, yeah, your radio show is called Backstage Pass. I'll put a link to it in this episode description and a link to your Instagram. Now's the plug time. Uh, <laughs> I'll put a link to the, your Instagram in this episode description. People can go check that out, follow you. Um, and, yeah, let me know anything else you'd like, you want me to put uh, down there for where people can check out what you're up to. 
I would love that for sure, for sure. And I appreciate this, Brooks. This was fun. Absolutely, Victoria. It's it like fun to like get you know different perspectives on everything. It's really cool. Um, I know that you're a huge listener, so as you know, I always let the guests take us out. For sure. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you have been listening to Entry Level with Brooks Whelan and Victoria Henley. This was amazing. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you next time. Thank you.